everyone, stick to football. It's all NFC East all the time. Mellow Connor, we're here. We're going to preview the NFC East. We're going to break it all down as we continue this preview of the 2019 NFL season. And we actually got lucky, guys, because the biggest news over the weekend actually relates to the NFC East. So uh, happy Tuesday morning for us. Happy Wednesday morning for you guys listening. Yeah, this one makes me nervous because the fan bases in the NFC East, we are definitely going to piss off some teams here, some fan bases, and I even have two good predictions for these teams, but I don't think I'm high enough on them for their fan bases to be happy, so I'm expecting a lot of Twitter mentions after this episode drops. Yeah, this is definitely a good one. Uh, There's a lot of drama in this division. We have a mix of rebuilds. We have a mix of two teams that definitely think they could be a powerhouse this year. So when you look at this division, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, There is definitely some MVP candidates in here as well. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I am as well. Let's just start with the news because I I think we're all waiting to see what happens with this one player before we really know how to look at this division and say who's going to come out on top. And that is Ezekiel Elliott. It comes out basically over the weekend that he's considering a holdout, kind of getting in line with Melvin Gordon. I think it's smart to see players of a similar position group together. And say, you know what, what the Steelers did to Le'Veon Bell and what the NFL even did to him after he became a free agent, we're not going to let that happen anymore. So two of the best running backs in football get together, and it seems like they're both saying, you're not going to do that to us. You're not going to franchise us twice after a fifth-year option picked up. We want real money. We want long-term money. We want it now. So Ezekiel Elliott, should he hold out? I think mostly it's like... What I can't get over, this is an odd decision from a dude who just had to meet with the commissioner and like was almost suspended and then now is being sued by the security guard that he allegedly had some beef with in, in Vegas. I don't know that he really has the right leverage to hold out. Yeah, that makes it very interesting with him because obviously he's a very good running back, but I think from the day that he got drafted, everybody's been talking about how the Cowboys are going to have him for five to seven years and he's not going to get that contract renewed there he's going to play his five years he's going to maybe take the franchise tag a couple times and then they're going to let him walk after running him for seven years but now Zeke Kelly he kind of pumps the brakes on that and says actually you're going to have to pay me I'm holding out and I think he is very important to this offense and the progress that Dak Prescott's looking to make I think that you have to have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott in this backfield they don't have much with him so I, I do understand from his point of view and like you said he doesn't want to get Le'Veon Belled he wants to be there he wants to get paid and if you're going to do that Sadly, sometimes you have to hold out. I think I like the move for Zeke. I think it's a power play. I think you look at his age going into this season, he's going to turn 24 years old here in a week. So when you look at it, he understands what's out in front of him, what's out in front of this running back market and wants to get his now. So I don't blame him at all. Now, one thing I will say that's fortunate for Zeke here, and it's not great, but it's better than most situations like Saquon Barkley. He was drafted so high that he actually has a good-looking contract in terms of what running backs get right now. I mean, he's averaging over $6 million a year. Now, he's better than where he's slotted at, meaning he's a top-five running back in the league and should be paid like one. I think he understands that right now. And there's always the risk of when you play running back, you can get hurt. And I think he's the focal point of this Cowboys offense. Obviously, they're going to get Amari Cooper involved a lot. Dak Prescott was very good last year, I thought. So when you look at it, he understands, listen, I'm, I still matter so much this offense. They should pay me now. 
And even if it's the kind of deal where maybe they slap on two more years at higher money and he hits free agency again when he's 26 or 27 years old to get paid one more time, I think it's actually the timing really makes sense. I think for him it does, you know, and you pointed out the fact he is a younger guy. You know, he is only 24 years old, which works in his favor. He could get to free agency a second time and not be at that ill-fated 30-year-old mark. But for me, like if I'm Jerry Jones and Zeke Elliott and his people walk into the room, what I'm going to say is we love you and we want you to be a part of this organization. We think you're one of the best running backs in football, but you got to stay out of trouble. So I think even if they do work something out before training camp, which he has to report to training camp or they can void the fourth year of his deal. He wouldn't be, he's not a free agent. They can basically say, or excuse me, not void, but it doesn't count. So they can say, if you don't come to training camp, this year does not accrue towards your contract. It doesn't toll. So you're actually not a free agent. We so, still own you for another year. Right. So he would just have to come back and play that fourth year. Right. It's not just like you're holding out. You can be a free agent after the year's over. The Cowboys would still have team control over him, which would, I don't know, throw another wrench in this whole situation. And with him getting in trouble so often, I don't know that the Cowboys are going to want to sign him to a long-term deal, not with a lot of guaranteed money, and I'm sure that's what you're looking for at the running back position. And on his end of things, uh, this might actually surprise you guys. He caught 77 passes last year. So he was hovering around the 400 touches mark. I think when you start to get into that range of, okay, this team wants me to touch the ball, over 350 times per year throughout the course of a season, and then you're talking about a team that has playoff expectations, that's where you're looking at. You said, I better get my security now or else something we keep going back to, I'm going to get Le'Veon'd. Yeah, and I will say, as we're recording this Tuesday morning, I have an article that's coming out, and it's basically who could the Chargers and Cowboys draft to replace these running backs? Because we saw that with the Steelers. like They kind of knew that Le'Veon Bell was – like that thing was coming to a, a head. So I draft James Conner in the third round, and he's he's good. He's a 1,000-yard back. He had almost 1,500 total yards last year. So the Cowboys and Chargers guys, to transition off this, they can be looking at Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor. You could be looking at you know Cam Akers, Najee DeAndre Harris. Swift. DeAndre Swift is a very good one as well. So there are – it lines up kind of well that if you know that you got a breakup coming, like they're already looking for that next – possible replacement and there are some good ones coming up through the ranks i know like connor loves etn you love jonathan taylor and i watched some of taylor yesterday writing the article he catches the ball a lot better than i remembered i think he had like 36 catches for me and it's been a while since i've watched him the one hang up on jonathan taylor seemed to be fumbles i mean this guy i know that he's built and everybody's gonna say big wisconsin running back 511 225 he's a track star he is going to light it up in the 40-yard dash. I'm expecting 4-4, maybe 4-3 out of him. He's going to do very well, and a lot of teams are going to fall in love with that. So this is a great year. If you need a, a running back, you're going to be able to find him, and you're going to be able to find him in bulk, which means they're going to get pushed down draft boards because you have three guys in Swift, ETN, and Taylor who I think are all first-round talents, but they might not get drafted in the first round. And going back to the Swift conversation, he has that kind of Christian McCaffrey game in him where he could be that three down player. You can get him involved differently in the passing game and he's a home run hitter. So I look at the way the league is going right now. You're seeing these three down guys be valued some more. Alvin Kamara 
fits that mold. Obviously, Saquon and Gurley have been that kind of guy. Le'Veon, possibly the best pass catching back in the league. We just haven't seen him in a while. So it's going to be interesting to see this college football season. ETN, somebody that's come out and said, listen, I'm not overly comfortable catching the ball right now, but he might be the best pure runner of the bunch. And it's a really exciting group. And it goes back to the point of this conversation that if you're a running back right now and you look at these classes that come in year after year, especially this 2020 class, you got to feel like, hey, I don't want to be viewed as replaceable. I want my long term security right now. It is NFC East preview day, so let's go through the teams, guys. Breakout player record predictions, then we'll hand out some hardware. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys, a team that we saw last year, you know, have a good amount of success. And I I think we saw the resiliency of this team last year because there were rumors, there was speculation Jason Garrett maybe would be fired. He wasn't due to still clapping on the sidelines in Dallas. But you get the feeling that this is – a little bit more of a make or break type year because there is pressure on them to get over the hump as this young team is entering the probably the final years of being together. It's going to be a tough year in this division. There's a lot of eyes on Dallas as always. And I, I do think this can be a successful year for them for the breakout player. I go back to what made this team so good in the rookie years of Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. And that's the offensive line. Last year, this group took a hit because Travis Frederick, about this time last year, we found out that he wasn't going to be able to play the the 2018 season. He is back. But I think a key to this and my breakout player is going to be left guard Connor Williams, who was a left tackle for three years at the University of Texas, had never played guard before in his life. The Cowboys draft him. They kick him inside. An acclimation period was expected. And I I know there's going to be critics who say I'm just being a Texas fan. But I think at the end of the year, we saw Williams really start to figure it out and come into his own. He's a good athlete. He can handle in space. So I I think as this team gets back to their roots a little bit, we're going to see someone like Connor Williams be incredibly important. And he has to be impactful for this team to, to have the offense that Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore want to have. I love this offensive line, and I think their offense is going to be very good this year. And one guy that I'm expecting to kind of have a breakout year is going to be receiver Michael Gallup. I know a lot of people talked about Amari Cooper last year and what he was able to do once he joined the Cowboys. Uh, They bring in Randall Cobb, who's going to probably be that slot receiver. I really think that Gallup's going to be more comfortable this year. Guy brought in 33 catches last year. And again, like we've said with a lot of these other guys, it's just needing that extra year, that full year to develop and to get some rapport with a quarterback can be huge for a receiver. It's going to be huge for Dak. I think that he's going to be a focal point of this offense. Uh, And a lot of people are going to be worried about Amari Cooper because he looked like a legit number one receiver this year. So opposite him with Michael Gallup, I think he's going to have a very good year in 2019. We opened this show talking about Ezekiel Elliott possibly not showing up for Cowboys camp, but how about another running back on this roster, a rookie, and Tony Pollard, somebody that was a very successful kick returner in college at Memphis. I know Henderson got a lot of the attention there, but Pollard returned seven kicks in three years for touchdowns while there, made the most of his touches. I think he can get involved in the pass game a lot, so even if Ezekiel Elliott, this thing gets figured out and he gets the contract he wants or he just shows up for camp, I think Pollard's going to be a, a little bit of a playmaker for this offense, a guy that can re- rely on on special teams. You're looking at this rookie class for Dallas. He's kind of flying under the radar right now, somebody that can make an instant impact. And I look at this team right now, and I have nine. I have them right at 9-7. and seven. I think that might be a disappointment for some Dallas fans that are expecting a huge year. I think they're in a tough spot in a division where Philadelphia is going to win 
win a lot of football games. Nine and seven is still a good record. I don't know if it'll be enough for a wild card. We'll see about that when we finish all of these previews. But you look at Dallas, they have talent up front on defense. I just wonder how far can Dak Prescott take them? That's my biggest question right now. How much can, will they have an Ezekiel Elliott to rely on all year to really carry the load for them? Will Amari Cooper continue to have the success that he showed after he got moved to them last year? So I think this is a good Dallas team. I don't know if it's a great Dallas team right now. And I'm with you too, Connor. And that's why I alluded in the beginning, I'm a little bit nervous because I think the Cowboys are a good football team. I don't know if they are as good as their fan base has them. I have them going 10 and 6 this year. Uh, When you look at the schedule, it's a little bit tough. I mean, you have to face the Eagles twice a year. That's not going to be easy. Starting out the year, I think it favors them. You have the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. That should be a 3-0 start before they have to face the Saints, the Packers, the Jets, and then the Eagles. So a little bit of a tough run there. But they also have some teams like the Bears, the Patriots in here. So it's going to be a tough schedule. If they can go 10-6, and six, I think the fan base should be happy with that. Uh, I do think that they'll probably make that wild card. I think they're a very good team, but maybe not as good as what this fan base is wanting in 2019. And I'll agree, Melo. I have them at 10 and 6, which is, remember, what they went last year. They were 10 and 6 last year, winning the NFC East, and they go and beat the Seahawks in a, a playoff game before losing to the Rams. So I do think this will be a playoff team again. And I wouldn't be surprised if once they get into the mix, they can win a wild card round playoff game. There is talent here. I'm excited about the development of the defense. Guys like Leighton Vanderash, Jalen Smith, seeing them continue to improve as players. But it does all go back to this offensive line. Is Travis Frederick who he was before missing last year? Does Connor Williams take the jump? Because we, I mean, we saw it, man. Once they added Amari Cooper, this team went off last year. So it could be fun to watch. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles team. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. Last year, the injury bug bites hard. They fell off a little bit, but. I mean, as long as Carson Wentz is back, this is a team that is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I I really do believe it's that simple. They have that much talent. The coaching is that good. And we've seen it before. The problem is now they don't have Nick Foles to fall back on. Nate Sudfeld's the guy. If we see Carson Wentz get hurt again, which hope and pray it doesn't happen. But last year, a nine and seven season, they won a wild card game, shocking the Bears and then lost to the Saints. So the, the talent, the core talent is still there. And they made some good additions through the draft. My breakout player for them, uh, I'm actually going to go a rookie, which I tried not to do throughout the course of our previews. But speaking of the draft, Miles Sanders is going to be handed a very big workload here. The running back position is so key to what Doug Peterson wants to do offensively. You can go back to his roots in Kansas City. In Miles Sanders, I think he got someone that's going to take major touches away from Jordan Howard. We're only going to see Corey Clement probably be a short yardage guy. Sanders' ability as a receiver out of the backfield, as a runner, he's just solid as they come. So I would not be surprised if, you know, by week one or week two, as long as he can adapt to pass pro, I I think we see Miles Sanders end up the starter for this offense and somebody that's going to have a huge year. Yeah, I think so too. I think with Jordan Howard, the reason why he was available and why Chicago got rid of him is because he couldn't catch the ball very well. And the Eagles are going to want that too with Miles Sanders and he can do it. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. And I know that our buddy Adam Lefko is going to be very excited about this because I think Derek Barnett is actually going to have a breakout season. He looked very good last year. He actually made a play in their Super Bowl run. Then he comes into the season last season, gets hurt, misses a couple games, but looked good before that. So I think you, when you look at this defensive line, 
he's going to be able to get freed up. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Brandon Graham, those are three really good defensive players. I think that Derek Barnett can come in and really develop in this third year. Hopefully, if he stays healthy, I think we're going to be talking about him as a, as a good, solid player after not having a great start to his, his career. For an Eagles offense that should come out flying with Carson Wentz, especially the aerial attack they have, I look at this wide receiver group and as much talent as they do have at the front of it, I think there's opportunity for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, a rookie, to come in and, and get the ball. And I think that'll be in the red zone, something he dominated at in college. I think he was phenomenal in the red zone. And I think we'll continue to see that with the Eagles. It, it might take an injury for him to get really a full workload, but I think there's a place for him as a, you know, really a guy that once you get into that 20 yard line and you need to throw the ball up to somebody you can rely on, I think there'll be opportunity for him there. This is a fantastic football team. It really is. If the quarterback stays healthy, they have tons of talent on defense. They have a great group of skill guys, whether it's at tight end, whether it's at wide receiver that I just talked about. They have a lot of different running backs that can offer a lot of versatility. I think they're a 12 and four team. I think they win this division. I think they're going to go deep into the playoffs. They have a chance to be back in the Super Bowl this year. Once again, it really depends on the health of that quarterback. But with the talent and the coaching, that this team has, there is no reason for them to not win a ton of football games this year. And again, I'm right there with you. I have 11 and five and it all is dependent on Carson Wentz. If he stays healthy, I think this might be the best lineup, the best roster in all of the NFL. A lot of it just depends. Can he stay healthy? Can he be that MVP caliber quarterback that we've seen in the past, or is he going to be on the shelf for a while because he's, you know, banged up and they don't have Nick Foles this year. So if they, if things go right, I think this is one of the best teams in the NFC at least, but I do have them going 11 and five. I think maybe uh, the wear and tear is going to get to them in this schedule. Again, it's, it's pretty tough, but I have them going 11 and five Eagles fans might think that's low, but I, I like your roster. I just think that you're going to get some losses in there. Carson wins coming back to this lineup, getting healthy, getting used to everybody and all these new weapons. I think they go 11 and five. Yeah, guys, I have them going 12 and four. I, I do think like you've both echoed, this is such a, a great roster and just solidly built, you know, that there's not really a weakness. And I can remember looking at them pre-draft like, OK, where are the needs of this team? And you're like, well, you're really just drafting for the future. First round pick Andre Dillard. Probably not going to see him this year unless Jason Peters gets hurt. Uh, Connor mentioned J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They don't need him to be a number one because you have Alshon Jeffrey. You have Nelson Aguilar. You bring back Deshaun Jackson. They really did a good job of filling needs throughout. You know, they've been great with free agency. Howie Roseman deserves a ton of credit for the way they've built this roster. So I do think this is one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. And I'll say this right now. If Carson Wentz is healthy all year, they will be my pick to win the to win the NFC and play in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's that's my Super Bowl prediction this year is Eagles Chiefs. But with that asterisk that we got to see Carson Wentz stay healthy. Let's keep it going, guys. The New York Giants, uh, not a good year last year, five and 11. And we saw the continued, I think, decline of Eli Manning. Um, th this this team is not in great shape, but they do have Saquon Barkley. You know, Odell Beckham's gone. It's going to be a completely different look this year, I believe. Um, they're, they're switching defensive schemes. There's going to be a lot of differences for the New York Giants this year, but Saquon Barkley's back, and Evan Ingram will be back. Sterling Shepard will be back. They bring in Golden Tate. So there is some talent here. 
you just need that quarterback position to come together. I don't know how long we'll see Eli Manning versus when Daniel Jones is going to take this starting quarterback job. When you're the number six pick in the draft at the quarterback position, you'd think you'd like to get on the field pretty quickly. But this was a club. They had three picks in the first round with Jones, Dexter Lawrence, and DeAndre Baker at the corner position. So a lot of new faces, a lot of potential breakout players. I'm actually going to go with Sterling Shepard. I think with Odell gone, we're going to see him become such a focal point of this passing game. They love that. You know, being having someone who can play in the slot, who can play out wide. And Shepard, we saw when he was healthy at Oklahoma, was a, a very, very good wide receiver. So it's just a matter of him staying on the field. I like what he brings to the table. Um, last year, he started to have like a, a tiny breakout in 66 catches, 872 yards, four touchdowns. I, I think we see him get closer to 90 catches this year and easily get over 1,000 yards. And I'm going to highlight a guy that's going to be responsible for at least helping Sterling Shepard get open. That's going to be Will Hernandez, the left guard there. I think in a normal year when there's not a Quentin Nelson, we probably talk about how great Will Hernandez was doing last year and what he's going to do coming into this year. But the guard that got drafted in front of him in the first round was an all-pro, and that's not easy to do. So when you have another guard who's playing very solid football in New York, Kind of got overshadowed by Quentin Nelson, who's probably the best guard in the National Football League. But I think Will Hernandez is going to keep growing, and he's going to become another elite guard in the NFL. And I know that guards don't get talked a lot about, but I do think he's going to be a breakout guy. He was one of our man crushes going into the draft. I love his style of play, how aggressive he is. He can move also. I think if you want to get Saquon going, you want to get guys the ball like Sterling Shepard, it's going to start with that offensive line. And and there was a reason why he was drafted in the second round last year. And I think he's going to be a very good guard going forward in the NFL. And I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball in the trenches as well. Dalvin Tomlinson, I think he had a solid season last year. I think he's a very, very good interior player, can stop the run. I think we'll see him be even more productive this year. I think they have some more talent on the interior to play alongside him. And I think this is somebody we were very high on coming out of Alabama. And I think he'll come into his own this year. I do have some questions about how the Giants are going to get an outside pass rush, how long can the secondary hold up in coverage. But in terms of running the football in the interior, you don't want to go Dalvin Tomlinson's direction. And I think a lot of people will, you know, Snacks Harrison was such a popular player in New York for a long time, whether it was with the Jets and then very successful with the Giants. I think Tomlinson's ready to take over his kind of role. Now, Giants fans probably hate me at this point. I just don't believe in this roster right now. I have them at three and 13. I think the coaching staff is extremely mediocre. And when you have a mediocre staff, you need a very good out roster to you need a very good roster to outweigh that. I think they're very, very weak at the quarterback position, especially starting out the year with Eli Manning, where that's their biggest problem. They have Saquon Barkley, but they lost the star in Odell Beckham. That's going to put a lot of pressure, a lot of guys in the box against Saquon. So and honestly, getting away from the offense because Saquon is going to find a way to put up points and they ha- do have receivers. Obviously, this defense has some holes that I don't see a pass rush. I don't see reliability right now in the secondary. They lost the leader in Landon Collins. Where's the talent at linebacker? There's a, so many questions with this team. I don't don't like most of the moves Dave Gettleman has made, to be completely honest with you. And I don't think they're ready to win right now. Yeah, I'm totally with you again here, Connor. I I don't like this roster, and I don't like to shit on the Giants because I feel like we've been doing that for the last couple months. But when you look at the quarterback position, you still have Eli Manning. 
I don't even know if they're going to make a, a change there at quarterback or if they're going to let him play this whole season and not give Daniel Jones a look. But even if they do, I don't know that Daniel Jones is going to come in and have that great immediate success. So I think the Giants are are really going to struggle this year. And I, I have them at four and 12. That might even be too high. I just, I don't think that they're going to have success. Uh, good news for Giants fans. You're probably going to be picking pretty high in what looks like a pretty good draft. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, welcome Jerry Judy to the New York Giants, because this is a team that I actually have right now with the number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft. I have them at three and 13. I had the I had the, the Broncos, I think, at four and 12, and I had the Dolphins at four and 12. So the Giants with the worst record we've predicted so far. I just don't trust Eli Manning. I really don't. And I, my point was going to be what Connor said. If you play defense in the NFL and they have to play three really good ones in their own division, you are stacking this box and saying, make Saquon Barkley beat us like we're or excuse me we're gonna make Eli Manning beat us and you have a tight end and Evan Ingram who good athlete can't block I mean he's basically just an oversized receiver how are you going to open this offense enough when teams don't respect Eli Manning's arm I don't care how many coach comments come out between now and the opening weekend of the NFL where they say oh Eli looks back his arm looks live it's fresh he's spinning it I need to see it in a game where he's not just crapping his pants out on the field because this could be a situation where Daniel Jones replaces him mid-season, and then we have to go through the bumps and bruises of a rookie quarterback on a team that really wasn't built for him. So I'm not expecting good things for the New York Giants. Hopefully they prove me wrong. The Washington Redskins, an interesting team to predict, guys, because we don't know who's playing quarterback. I mean, it, there's an, it could be Colt McCoy. It could be Dwayne Haskins. I mean, there are a lot of different directions that this team could go. I guess it could be Case Keenum at quarterback. We just don't know what's going to happen here. I like some of the moves they've made. We've said this before. They draft big-name, productive college players that you know, that I know, and we expect them to be good. So they always draft well like on the media draft boards. But how well are they building a team? The big splash came in free agency. They bring in Landon Collins. They draft Montez Sweat as well as Dwayne Haskins in the first round. This is basically an SEC defense with Jonathan Allen and John Payne up front. And it's just, what is this team going to look like offensively? Which is why my breakout player comes on defense, and it is Jonathan Allen. First round pick two years ago. Looks very good so far. But the, the season he's had, the careers he's had, but it's just, can he stay healthy? Because that was such an obstacle for him coming out of Alabama, but eight sacks last year, guys, in 16 starts. He looked like he was back to what we saw him being when he was in Tuscaloosa. So he could be a, a breakout performer this year, a defensive tackle. Yeah, I really like this defense, too. Uh, you look at some of the stars, like you mentioned, that they have a lot of them. Uh, I'm going to kind of cheat, though. I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to take Darius Geis. I, I loved him coming out. I even said that the gap between him and Saquon was not that far apart. I think that he can come in, and if he's healthy, he's going to be the number one running back in this offense. He's going to take that those Adrian Peterson carries. He's, he's very good. He's a big, bulky guy, but he can also catch the ball out of the backfield too. And if he is healthy, uh, we're going to remember everything that we said positive about Darius Geis before he was drafted. I, I love what he can do. I hope he's healthy, and I hope he does have this breakout year. I look at this team, and what stands out to me is the potential of the defensive line. And I know Matt talked about Jonathan Allen. When he's healthy, he's great. I'm going to go with another Alabama guy, Deron Payne, very quietly 
Very good rookie season last year. Five sacks, a, a lot of tackles. I believe he had over 50 tackles. And you look at that production from the interior of the defensive line. He was very, very impressive. And I think when you look at breakout this year, you could see that production even increase, especially with some more talent around him. Now, there's a difference between a building 4-12 and 12 and a bottoming out 4-12. and 12. I have Washington at four and 12, and I think it's a building four and 12. There's going to be a transition period at the quarterback position. That's the most important thing to note here. I don't think they're going to start Dwayne Haskins out to start this year. I really don't. I think they're comfortable with putting one of the veterans out there. I do think this division is really tough. How are they going to match up against the Eagles and the Cowboys? So four wins is low. I think there's no doubt that they could sneak out five, six, maybe seven but they're going to have a rookie quarterback in there at some point. They're still getting Darius Geis back up to speed. There's going to be some transition potentially on this offensive line. So the wide receiver position, very interesting group to watch for a young quarterback. I like the direction Washington is going in. I just think it's going to take another year or two to really build this thing out. Yeah, and I'm with you again, Connor. I think we just agree on everything. I do. We, th- for this division, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are going to go with Haskins early because, I mean, I love Colt McCoy. He's one of my favorite college football players of all time. But I think that they know they're in a rebuild. And it, Alex Smith, I don't know that he's ever going to come back and play football, but maybe they want to find out early what they have with a guy like Dwayne Haskins. And I think he's going to get the chance very early in the season, if not week one. I would say by week four, he's going to be that starting quarterback. And you you hit the nail on the head again. Like This is a rebuilding team. They're going to have a bad record, but I really like their roster and what they're doing. And as these young guys develop, you guys, you highlight the defensive line. There's obviously the running back, the receivers that they drafted, and they have a good young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. So they're going to go 5-11 and 11 is what I have them predicted as. But that's a good 5-11. and 11. That's a growing 5-11. and 11, Not a, holy shit, we're probably going to be drafting first next year, 5-11. and 11. Yeah, I mean, just pick an Alabama player. That's who they're going to draft in the first round next year. Or an SEC player, at least. I have them at 5-11 and 11 as well. I, I, it all hinges on the quarterback. I do think Dwayne Haskins is a very good fit for Jay Gruden's offense. They have some pieces. I'm excited to see Darius, guys. I'm excited to see Scary Terry and the development of Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson. Kelvin Harmon, Kelvin Harmon. Got the sixth round, right? <laughs> so, like They have some dudes, man. They really do. And a good offensive line, other than Eric Flowers playing left guard. I don't think that's going to work for very long. But this is a team that's like, they're going to be fun to watch because I do feel like they're on the way up. There are enough stars. They do need, you know, the pass rush. Ryan Kerrigan and Montez Sweat are going to have to be big. But this division is just tough. And this record is hard for a team that doesn't. We just don't know yet what's going to happen under center. So I think that uncertainty is why I have Washington at 5-11. and 11. But they're a team that I have flagged. It's like they're going to be fun to watch early on because I want to learn. I want to learn what they have and some of these players that we all loved in the draft process. Guys, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to break down the division awards for the NFC East. Guys, let's talk MVP for the NFC East. My goodness. I have to go with Carson Wentz. If he's healthy, I do believe that he will end the year as one of the six best quarterbacks in football. He's just that talented. He has the right group around him, a good offensive line, playmakers, a great play caller and Frank Reich. This, the table is set. If Carson Wentz is healthy, and I feel like I've said that 40 times this episode, but it is so crucial. If he's healthy, he's the best quarterback in this division by far. 
and that usually leads to being an MVP. So I, I think we'll see just a fantastic year from Wentz as long as he can be out there for 16 games. And I think that's a very big if because I had Carson Wentz listed as my guy too, but he's only played 16 games once. It was his rookie year. The last two years we've seen him get injured. I really like him as a player but I don't know if he can stay healthy. So I'm going to go with a surprise pick. Maybe it's going to piss some people off. I'm going Dak Prescott. I like what they were able to do once they added Amari Cooper last year. I think that they get something done with Zeke where he doesn't miss time. If this offensive line is healthy, it's one of the best in football. Jason Witten coming back, I don't know how much he's going to do on the field, but I think he's going to be a great presence in that locker room to come and be a leader, kind of be a coach in the locker room. This defense definitely has some guys on it, so I really like what Dallas is doing, and I think if the Dallas Cowboys are good, their quarterback is going to get a lot of attention, and I think that he can do enough this year. He's going to make that jump. He's going to be MVP, maybe not of the league, but uh, at least of the NFC East. In terms of who the most valuable player is going to be, I'm with you guys that it probably will be one of those quarterbacks from the two best teams in the division. But just for the sake of argument here, I think maybe the best player in the division will be Saquon Barkley. I I really do. Over 2,000 all-purpose yards last year. I think he'll catch 100 passes this year. They're going to rely on this guy so much, no matter who is playing quarterback for them out there. And I think... It's going to be tough because teams are going to know he's the dude and they're going to have to sell out to stop him. But in terms of overall production and what he brings to the field, I do think he'll be the best player in this division. It's hard to argue against Saquon when he went over 2000 total yards as a rookie. It really, I mean, it really is. Let's look at defensive player of the year. A lot of options to choose from, but not really like an established pass rusher. I know Tank Lawrence is good and he's upset about his Madden rating like everyone else, but there's no Khalil Mack. There's no Aaron Donald in this division. I love Fletcher Cox, but you know he's not always been a stats guy. I'm actually going to go with Landon Collins. I think he has a big year. Getting back to like what he was with the Giants a few years ago when he was an all-pro, he's going to have more opportunity in this defense with some good players in front of him. And I, I also think he'll be freed up a little bit more than we saw him be in New York the past couple of years. So I think Landon Collins goes down to Washington. I think he's going to be motivated. He's going to be fired up and he's going to be with a supporting cast that is good enough to get him some opportunities playing on the ball. And I'm going to stick with my Cowboys here because (laughs) I like their roster a lot. And you talk about how there's not a marquee pass rusher. I agree with you. So I'm going to go with a linebacker, Uh, Leighton Vander Ash. I really liked him out of Boise state. I actually, I don't think I liked him as much as you guys did. And I was kind of wrong about that because he came in and had an amazing rookie year. I think playing alongside a guy like Jalen Smith playing in front of that, or sorry, with that defensive line, he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to have a, put his name up there for one of the best linebackers in the National Football League. Guy had 140 tackles last year. I think he's going to do nothing but grow and become a better linebacker. So for defensive MVP, defensive player of the year, I'm going Leighton Vanderash, the linebacker from Dallas. I'm going to go with the guy that plays next to him, and that's Jalen Smith. This might be Matt's favorite I like this, linebacker <laughs> prospect of all time. Uh, I mean, listen, 121 tackles last year. I think we saw this guy come back full throttle, which is unbelievable returning from the injury that he suffered. 
I think you'll see a different level of comfort this year going into year three. He's still extremely, extremely young. They're going to get a contract extension done with him. I look at the kind of player he can be. You talk about three down linebacker with a lot of talent around him now, Melo. You just went, you know, talked about how Leighton Vanderesh is one of the best players on this defense. It really helps having somebody. Uh, next, next to Smith like Van Der Esch. So I think he's going to have the ability to run around, make a lot of plays, and be the best defensive player in this division. Those are two of the top-rated linebackers I've had like the, forever. Jalen Smith is the highest-graded linebacker I've ever had, so I'm glad that you guys are just agreeing that I was right about that. Let's talk Rookie of the Year. I mentioned it before. Like Washington took Montez Sweat and Dwayne Haskins. The Giants took three guys when you had Daniel, Daniel Jones. You've got a defensive tackle who's like a, more of a nose tackle and Dexter Lawrence who's not going to get a ton of stats. Uh, and then a corner in DeAndre Baker. It, it's hard to find like, ooh, this draft pick is the, the big one. Like this is the guy that's going to break out. But I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. I think he is going to get, like I said earlier, the touches as a receiver, as a runner. We might even see him work some as a return man. He's going to get that total yardage, num- total yardage, excuse me, number that's going to make him hard to overlook. And he's going to be on a really, really good football team. And that always helps. And you talk about the uh, pass rushers. I think we are going to have one and he's developing right now. You guys both talked about this Redskins defensive line with guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and what they have on defense. They also have Montez Sweat, who they drafted in the first round. I'm going with him for the rookie of the year. I think he can come in and have a double-digit sack season. A lot of people are still going to be worried about Ryan Kerrigan, this defensive line. They've got some members in the secondary. I mean, Landon Collins and Josh Norman, if he can stop jumping over bulls, I think he's going to be a very good (laughs) cornerback still. And that is going to free up a guy like Montez Sweat, who I think is good enough to come in, have instant impact. If he can get 10 sacks, I think that screams rookie of the year. I'm going to stick with Washington as well and go with Dwayne Haskins here. I think they are going to wait a couple weeks. They have a tough schedule to start out the season, guys. I mean, when you look at it, opening at Philadelphia, then you play Dallas, then you play the Bears. That's a tough go of things. Then they get the Giants and the Patriots. So at some point, Dwayne Haskins is going to come in, and I think it'll be during a time where the schedule dips off a little bit, and they play Miami, they play the 49ers, you know, the Bills and the Jets are in there along with the Lions. I think Haskins is going to come in. Of course, he's going to have those, you know, those tough rookie bumps as a lot of guys do face, but I think he'll come in and get this offense moving in the right direction, put up very, very solid numbers, take care of the football. And I actually don't think the rookie class in this division has a superstar necessarily ready to make an impact year one. So when you're looking for a safe pick, I think Haskins is kind of that guy. I really do hope we see him almost on that Baker Mayfield, you know, of like, ah, we don't want him coming out week one because like the schedule is pretty tough, but we all know he's going to be in there sooner rather than later. Let him see the speed of the game a little bit and then get him out there. Most improved player. I think this is one of the biggest uh, and, and most important segments that we do, guys. I'm going to go with Byron Jones in the secondary for the Dallas Cowboys. I, you can call him a corner. You can call him a safety. He's a bit of a matchup player. And he is one of those contracts that they have that's going to be coming up where I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him. He's been a very, very good player uh, throughout his uh, four years now with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think he is, if he gets free on the market, he's going to be one of those dudes that people jump to pick up last year. 67 tackles and just was an impact. I, I know his interception numbers have never been great. He only has two. I think we see him break out a little bit this year. Now that the the defense around him is much more solid now because you do have Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith. You do have Tank Lawrence getting after the quarterback. So also 
the fact that he has played corner now, it'll be two years in a row he's played corner instead of just playing safety. I think he'll be a little bit more at home in that position. And for my guy, most improved, I'm going with Evan Ingram, the tight end from the Giants. We've already talked about how he can't block. I don't think that that matters with how they're going to use him. I think he's a big slot type receiver, but I think that last year he had some injury problems. Uh, there is a lot going on in that locker room with some, you know, Beckham had some drama going on. Eli Manning getting benched for a time. I think that he's going to come back, and if he's healthy, somebody's going to have to take those targets, and I think it's going to be a guy like Evan Ingram up the seam in the middle of the field because I don't know if Eli Manning has the arm strength to take the top off the defense or hit those outside throws on the hashes, and that screams to me Saquon Barkley's going to have a lot of catches, and so is Evan Ingram. So I think most improved player, I think it's going to be him. A lot of touches this year if he can stay healthy. And I'm going with the guy with the same questions. Can he stay healthy? That is Sidney Jones. Things have not started out for him. And this is a my probably my leap of faith, most improved player pick here. It's been a rough go for Jones. Uh, obviously, getting hurt at his workout before the draft was devastating. He never really fully returned from that. And then when he did come back last year, he, you know, he obviously earned the nickel job and he, and he hurts his hamstring. When you look at Sidney Jones, the talent has always been there. Can he build up that confidence? Can he build himself back up and be an important part of this Philadelphia secondary? I think he can. I think he has the talent to do so. I think he's coming in with a huge fresh start this year. So when you look at somebody that can really improve from below average kind of player to above average starter at a premium position, I think Sidney Jones has that written all over him right now. All right, guys, that is our preview for the NFC East. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Tweet at us. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, like Melo said at the top of the show. Probably a lot of mad fans, but just remember, these are predictions and uh, things do change. If you get mad, just tweet at the Madden people because those ratings are are crazy and they deserve to be yelled at for it. So we'll be back uh, Friday morning previewing the NFC North. A couple more shows of previewing the NFL. Then we move on to college football. For Connor and Melo, this is Matt. We'll talk to you guys real soon. 